Before we jump into the episode, here's a quick disclaimer about our content. The Remote Real Estate Investor Podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended as investment advice. The views, opinions, and strategies of both the hosts and the guests are their own and should not be considered as guidance from Roofstock. Make sure to always run your own numbers, make your own independent decisions, and seek investment advice from licensed professionals. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Remote Real Estate Investor. I'm Michael Album, and today I'm joined by Ariana and Larry White. And they're going to be talking to us today both about the long-term and short-term rental markets out in Houston and Galveston, Texas. So let's get right into it. Ariana and Larry White, thank you both so much for joining me today. I really appreciate you taking the time. Yeah. Pleasure to be here, man. Oh, I'm so excited. You two are kicking butt in the short-term rental space out in the Houston and Galveston markets. And I'm wondering if you can give our listeners just a really quick background on who you two are as a power couple. Oh, power couple. That's oh. so, wow. That's so nice. Okay. <laughs> Jay-Z and Beyonce over here. All right. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Well, you think you're Beyonce and I'm Jay-Z. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so my name's Ariana. I've been a real estate agent for eight years. Um, I originally started in Vegas. I managed a team out there. Larry dragged me to uh, Houston and uh, actually took like a year off of real estate while I got my license here. And um, now I manage a team out in Houston. And so we uh, specialize primarily in first time home buyers, um, investors, and now uh, going deep into the short-term rental market. Awesome. Love it. And Beyonce, I mean, Larry. Uh, yeah. And so I have a little bit different. I, I started about 15, 16 years ago and convinced her to get into real estate uh, about halfway through my career. And so I've been a pretty successful solo agent, um, ran some very large teams, grew a national real estate brokerage around foreclosures and REOs, which took me into the investor space to begin with. And so now we really have some of the most successful groups of realtors across the country that we teach to duplicate what we did. And and we focus and Ariana has a very successful team here in Houston. And as she mentioned, we're actually in the short term rental space personally. And so we're teaching other people, um, you know, investors that come to us quite often, teaching them how to kind of duplicate what we've done and learn from our mistakes as well. Oh my God. Amazing. Well, we are going to have a lot of fun with this episode and I can't wait to hear about what you two are doing personally in the short-term rental space. But to kick things off, I would love to just get a a high-level overview of the Houston and kind of Galveston markets, Ariana, as you see them. Like what should investors, what do investors need to know if I'm totally unfamiliar with those markets? Yeah. So Houston is really interesting because we're one of the only cities where there is no zoning in Houston. So like um, multifamily, every, commercial, single family, there's no, what, whatever you want. So, a whole smorgasbord. Um, and it, and it, yes. And it changes as it goes out into the suburbs, but um, what's really, every street is different in Houston and there's certain little, little neighborhoods that have been, you know, people have moved in and fixed up old homes and it's really developed. Each little area of Houston has really developed its own adorable community. Um, I will say that the most, for the most part, my investors typically end up uh, being either somewhere around the Med Center, which is a community here um, 
is full of um, like young professional renters. And um, there are many people in grad school. U of H is down there. Rice University is down there. Um, there's uh, lots of young professionals that are all working in the hospitals. And so that area is a big area for renters and very high rents. Um, that is located in the heart of Houston. And um, also, one of the biggest areas that we're currently seeing is the spring Tomball Umble. It's Looks like humble. You pronounce it humble. Okay. So um, that neighborhood, the, all of those neighborhoods, um, great low tax rates. That's going to be like the major, that's the key piece. You're looking for a low tax rate in Texas because uh, mm-hmm. their property taxes can fluctuate a lot. Yeah. Um, and all of those areas seem to have like yeah, uh, single family uh, homes that are um, consistently rented and uh, low property taxes, which is a double win. So um, those are our up and coming areas right now where we're seeing a lot of our investors kind of uh, go towards. Love it. And, and then on the, uh, you know, it shifts a little bit when you start getting into the short term rental market, right? Because the taxes, I mean, you always want the lowest taxes, but if you are able to, you know, they talk about in real estate, location, 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 mm-hmm. right? So if you have a high dim- uh, demand because you're next to Minute Maid Park, because you're in Galveston and it's a beach destination, not just for people coming in from out of town, but from people in Houston going and renting beach houses and stuff there, mm-hmm. taxes can be offset that way. Um, and so that's where you start getting into what is the drive? What is the demand? And like, what are our occupancy ratios, you know, for the entire month? And so that's where you start looking at seasonality and what's driving traffic. Are there sporting events? Are there this? Are there that? And that's where a lot of our investors can start buying maybe a little bit more expensive properties, right? Like maybe they go down to Edo, uh, which is kind of east downtown, which is one of the top four markets and neighborhoods. And if you were doing a long-term rental, it wouldn't make sense. It has high tax rates. You have to, minimum price is probably around $430, and it probably only rents for $3,000 a month. So most of the time, that's not going to pencil out for a long-term. But you switch that to a short-term that it's close proximity to everything, and you can get three dollars or $400 a night. And it's occupied 50% of the month, you start doing those those numbers and you're like, oh, well, hold on, this makes sense. So this is really where, you know, when you're looking at an investor, what is your strategy? What is your goal this year? And then we try and create a portfolio or a plan that aligns with their goals and the numbers will tell us if we're on the right track or not. I love it. I love it. So, and I think this is great. The conversation kind of naturally bifurcated into the long-term side and the short-term side, which is, I think, exactly where I wanted to take it anyhow. So getting back to the long-term side for just a minute, and then I want to jump back to the short-term side, what should people be aware of in terms of like big companies that are headquartered out there? Like, why are people moving to the Houston-Galveston area? And then for the short-term side, why are they visiting the area? Larry, I know you mentioned the beach, but curious to know what other attractions are drawing people to the area. Yeah. So in Houston, um, what's been real, we have seen what I'm lovingly referring to as the great migration. So uh, we have had a lot of people move here from out of state. Their number one draw is low cost of living, right? 
much lower than many other states that we're going to see either on the East Coast or on the West Coast. Um, and uh, what people are really looking for and what I'm seeing mostly is um, they are having like the biggest draw is space. Um, mm. We see a lot of people moving here from like very populated areas. Um, and granted, you can get a city feel here, but you can also go 30 minutes out and have an acre of land if you want to and have a full garden and a farm and some cows. Like, I mean, and you can have all kinds of tax exemptions too. So um, if for any of our military clients, you get a huge tax, tax exemption, particularly if you're a disabled vet. Um, you have a homestead exemption here for property taxes if this is your main living area. You all can also have a senior citizen tax exemption. So Texas is really, um, they love tax exemptions. So uh, <laughs> a lot of our clients will use them. So, um, that's so great that's to a know. huge draw. That's a huge draw to Texas. People are looking for a little bit more space to either like a personal or business um, out here. Uh, Short-term rental-wise in Galveston area, we have Moody Gardens. It's the closest beach. The water's warm. Um, it's like a really great place to go take uh, young like children because it doesn't get super deep. Mm-hmm. Um, you have the NASA. You have mm-hmm. the, the Space Center, right? And so mm-hmm. all of that starts to, to come into play, which gives you a pretty good occupancy. And what we've seen during kind of this pandemic, right, is that people have been wanting to get away and have more staycations and stuff as well. So, you know, when we get into our, we have a a short-term rental, we we have a 20-acre ranch out in Fredericksburg, and we saw our vacancies like drop drastically because everybody was able to work from home. So as long as we had a decent Wi-Fi, they were like, well, man, why don't I go out in Texas wine country, you know, yeah. versus my house and yeah. let's go on a, and the kids can go play outside and, and do this. So, it, you know, the market is changing and we just have to keep stepping along with it. And the customers will tell us exactly what they're looking for. Yeah, I actually had a client today, call me today. Uh, she's going to be moving here from California and she's a nurse. And okay. she's like, and I was like, you know, what's your timeline look like? When do you want to be here? And she said, you know, I can really move anytime. I'm just planning on flying back. She's in the Bay Area in California. And she's like, yeah, I'm just planning on flying back uh, to work. And then I'll live in Texas. She's going to commute. Mm-hmm. And that is a very common thing that we see. So if you're able to remote work or maybe you don't have to be in the office only like one or two days a week, people are just buying a little, you know, having a little studio wherever they are based out of, renting that out when they're not there, coming back, living their main life in Texas and doing, you know, flip-flopping the opposite. So, oh my um, gosh. Yeah. So it's, it's provided a lot of this new, uh, way of looking at how to be efficient in your workforce has provided a lot of opportunities for a lot of people um, as as well in their, you know, in looking looking at your business in a different way. Oh, so. that's incredible. Mm-hmm. Going to be racking up those frequent flyer miles for sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's awesome. So Ariana, you were mentioning a couple of the, the neighborhoods, the up and coming neighborhoods yeah. that you were seeing. Curious if you can give everyone listening and watching an idea of kind of price points and what you mean when you say low taxes? Yes. Okay. So uh, taxes here in Texas can range um, 
differently depending on every every little city has a different tax rate. And so we're known for having our property taxes be a little bit higher than some other states. Um, so that was definitely something that we have to consider when you're going into an investment property, mm-hmm. right? The taxes can either make you or break you. And so when we're looking at properties that we're submitting to Roofstock, um, for our investors, I am looking specifically for areas that have lower tax rates because those are the ones that are giving us our our best um, uh, ROI. So one city here is Missouri City. It's south of the heart of Houston. Um, that city has notoriously low tax rates, which is great. Um, it's also like a high, it's not a city feel, um, it is a suburbia feel. So there's lots of single family residences there. Um, that area typically commutes to Houston for work. So there's lots of renters in that area. We've seen great success there. Um, Rosenberg, Tomball, Spring, and Umble. Those are all of those areas have had really low tax rates um, in, in certain pockets and um, have given our investors like a really good opportunity to uh, get a home out there. Love and, it. and also what you're seeing is that Houston is expanding, right? If you look at from Dallas to Houston over to Austin, San Antonio, it's called the Texas Triangle. Okay, It's the fastest growing region in the country. And so what happened, what's happening, you have Dallas expanding, you have Austin, San Antonio expanding, you have Houston expanding. And so everything's kind of like merging together. Merging together, yeah. Uh, uh-huh. And so these suburbs, right, like especially when you start getting this increase in, in prices, you know, people start going outside of the metro area because the metro area, the median price point might be 400, 500, et cetera. Now they can move out and pay 200, 300 and get, you know, just a lot more bang for your buck. And so those cities that that she's talking about there are starting to, to see that. And so they still have a lot of population, a lot of people going to them. You have the, the difference in the prices, which could help you drastically if you're in that long term rental space. Totally. And what are some of those medium price points and associated rents that you'd expect to see in some of these markets? So for the suburbia area of Houston, um, what I'm typically seeing medium price points, you can find a for the, the ideal property, right? The ideal property is a four bedroom, um, single story, maybe two story home, uh, two and a half bath. And right now we're seeing those rents typically well, we're seeing those sales typically between 280000 to 400000 depending on the community. Okay. So somewhere in that, um, I just got one of my uh, Roofstock investors into a new home community, actually. This one particular new home community allowed 10% investors, and so we were one of the last homes to get in there. Um, and he bought a beautiful four-bedroom, two-and-a-half bath in a great neighborhood, brand new home. And he got that one for three thirty, And so that awesome. one was, yeah, it was, it was a great, great deal. And we're expecting to rent it out for right around uh, $3,000. Holy smokes. I mean, yeah. you're just flirting with that 1% rule. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. We're right. We can get like right in there. If I get it like a 1%, I get really super excited. So we're like, <laughs> right, right there. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, something I think people 
like either fail to recognize or don't want to recognize is like you might not buy it at 1%, but in five years, it could absolutely be a 1% property yeah. and all your expenses should remain relatively unchanged or increase slightly. But mm-hmm. if your rent can outpace your expense increase, you got to made in the shade. Yeah. And, and here's one of the things for Texas specifically that you have to think about. In 2008 and nine, the market got crushed. Right. Yeah. I mean, we saw like we came from Las Vegas. We saw homes depreciate 60 to 70 percent. Yeah. Right. Like just crush. You did not see that same uh, price depreciation here in Texas for a reason. Right. You also didn't see it go up 90 percent like you saw really good appreciation. You didn't see the uh, counter effects of of the depreciation. And part of that is because to do a cash out refi. Like the state of Texas requires that if you're going to pull money out, you have to keep 80% um, in your home. So you still had some, uh, you still had a cushion there. So they might have lost their equity, right? But they weren't upside down on their homes. And I'm not saying that Texas wasn't affected or anything like that. It just wasn't as affected as much as some of the other areas. And so, you know, there's an appreciation because there's this, built-in stability factor here in Texas that you're going to get some appreciation play. It's not going to be 90%, but it's going to be healthy. It's going to be sustainable, which is what we saw in the last cycle. Interesting. Okay. Very good to know. Very good to know. And from a short-term rental perspective, what is it that you look for? Because you you, ta- you spoke about your ideal, you know, four, two and a half single story for your long-term. What is it that you're looking for when you're putting short-term stuff uh, on Roostock? Um, so specifically to Galveston, we like to have something that's close to beach access. That's going to be number one. Um, it doesn't have to be exactly on the water either. It can be a couple streets back as long as you're able to get there. There's also some services in Galveston. If you do get one that's a little bit farther away, you can rent a golf cart for the week. So those are fun services that you can have <laughs> awesome. um, with your rentals as well. Um, access to uh, the lo- there's like main like one gigantic strip going down Galveston. So access to that, but not so close that it's going to impede or you have to cross it to get to the water. Um, that's ideal. And then what we're always looking for is a space that has enough um, to at least have one of the bedrooms have a couple bunk beds in it. So an ideal situation is that you could fit, you know, at at least two bedrooms, preferably three bedrooms um, in a big living area. And a lot of the houses in Galveston, I don't know, you said you'd never been out here. Um, Mm -hmm. They're up high. So okay. they're up high to make way for the water to come in. So uh, they're built on stilts. And so uh, it's called uh, pier and beam, but um, they're up high. And so a lot of times there is like an outdoor activity where that people can uh, add that to the house under under the uh, under the actual house. So there's like badminton and some people put pool tables down there. And oh, like, my gosh. You know, make use of the space. It's a very it's super fun to drive through because all the houses are really tall. They all look like they're walking. So um <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so if you've never been to, I mean, it's really, really, it's um, Galveston. My girlfriend was just there this weekend. They rented a big old house for her. Typically, it's like at least two families. People like to travel together to Galveston. So um, so she rented a big old house. And uh, the people that were next to her were from Fort Worth. And they had, you know, they had six kids and uh, four adults with them. And uh, people like to go because when you go to the beach, you don't want to be the only one in charge of your children, right? So you just, right. <laughs> you're bringing like, you bring in built-in babysitters. 
Um, but it's so accessible to so many parts of Texas. You know, it's just a, it's the closest beach to most people in Texas. So, um, no, to everybody in Texas, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, that's you going down south to so like Corpus Christi, right? <laughs> right. So, like, <laughs> um, but it's it's the closest beach to so many of us. Yeah. That it's um it's just so accessible. So uh, one of the big things is just obviously like making sure it's super clean. Outdoor showers are a big plus, so that mm-hmm. you don't get sand inside your house. These are all kind of things you have to think about to be Galveston specific. Um. And then water rental situations, it, it, you know, you can have that extra. You pay, you can have your clients pay extra in order to um, have that. And that's all part of the property management takes care of that. But, you know, if you wanted paddle boards or other things that you wanted accessible to be special for your client. Um, and then also one of the biggest benefits is that this isn't a one and done situation for the people that are renting out this area, which is why it's not necessarily seasonal um there are in the summer obviously super booked 100 capacity all the time um but even in december november january february people go even if it's cold because they the water never gets like freezing so like today it's like 45 degrees which is like a one-off um but last week it was 85 yeah it was 85 degrees <laughs> so, last week so holy so smokes go all of the time and like I can speak in in my own experience, if there's a house that you liked when you went to Galveston and it's in the you know Surfside community or Pirates Cove or you know any of the little communities inside Galveston, you go back to the same house. Uh. And so, like if you like that house, you'll go back to the same house. And so, like like my girlfriend who just went this past weekend, she has stayed at that house three times already. And she likes that house. So she will continue to go to that house. Yep. And so that's really one of the benefits of Galveston is it, it, it isn't like an Aspen where you only go, you know, once a year or you can only go, you know, it's easily accessible and it's really used very often. Interesting. So, yeah. You create uh, recur- recurring clients. Mm-hmm. And people want also, you know, when you start talking about Airbnb, people want that hotel feel. Right. They want it to be crisp. They want it to be clean. Mm-hmm. Right. So the furniture, the aesthetics that that you put into it. Right. They they want it to be like, oh, if they had this dream vacation home, what would this look like? Even if it's small. Right. They want that aesthetic to it, which is important to make sure that you decorate it correctly, that you have the right furniture and stuff to it, because there's a lot of competition now. And so reviews are super important. Who you have managing it is super important. Mm -hmm. Are you responsive? Are you handling issues and stuff? And that's been an entire learning experience for ourselves as we just entirely remodeled this 20 acre ranch, right? All of the units on it. And we're coming up with, man, it's a 30 year old home. And, you know, it has a pump house and these things that we're not used to dealing with. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a very different experience, but all things that need to be thought about to make sure that you're at the top of the list, you're getting the most exposure and, that uh, you know, you have, um, you know, the highest, you know, occupancy as possible because I mean, do the math, right? Like I've just pulled up Airbnb over here right now and looking at Galveston and I mean, probably the average, you know, for this weekend is $300 a night. There's some going up to six, $700 a night. But you take $300 a night, average, uh, now it's not going to be 100% occupancy all the time, but man, that's a potential of $9,000 a month 
in cash flow, right? Like right. you have one or two good months and like you're paying for your entire year off of a off of one good season there. That's incredible. That's incredible. So we've talked about so many of the benefits and allures of of the Texas market. Now let's talk about the dark underbelly because there's got to be one. There can't only be this great heaven on earth. So talk to us about what should investors, especially remote investors who might not be familiar with the Texas market, be mm-hmm. aware of what are what's some of the, the hair that some of these deals might have. So number one, you need to, and, and to cover that, when we're looking at roofstrap properties, I'm specifically picking for myself and my team, properties uh, to show investors that do not have this. Okay. So you have to look at the flood maps Mm. that is like in Houston, in Galveston, that is the number one deal killer. Um, because as an investor, you don't want renters in there that are going to be in a 100-year floodplain. That's going to create a lot of problems for you. It's going to create a lot of money for you. And on top of that, flood insurance can really take make it or break it in this in this deal. There are some properties where you can get, you know, your flood insurance for $400 a year. Um also, just a little side note, as a real estate agent in the Houston market, it doesn't matter if the area has ever flooded or not. Buy the flood insurance. It's a good investment. So, um, uh, Even if it's outside of a flood zone. Even if it's outside of a flood zone. As a real estate agent, I would highly recommend because you never know. We moved here nine months before Harvey. We are not in a floodplain. We asked our real estate agent at the time and our insurance provider at the time, do we need flood insurance? They said, no, nine months later, we flooded in Harvey. So do not take it from our pain. Let us like learn off our pain. So, And that is a very expensive fix when you don't have flood insurance. Yeah, the 400 and, right. and literally because we weren't in a floodplain mm-hmm. because our home had never flooded, the flood insurance was $425 for the year. Yeah. Right. And we, and we didn't, we were like, no, we don't need it. It's fine. We'd come from the desert. I'm like, who really floods? I didn't really know. No. So I tell everybody, just do it. I mean, just, just, just buy the flood insurance. You never know what's going to happen. Houston has crazy weather. So that's number one. That's definitely the one. When you're looking at properties, see if you're in a floodplain, see if the property has ever flooded before, ask your agent. If it has, that's not necessarily a deal killer if it was a one-off, but we need to look at your flood insurance. If you can be grandfathered into these flood insurance rates, if the flood insurance is going to be extraordinarily high, it's a good opportunity during your option period to maybe look at other properties that fit what you're looking for specifically. Um, yeah. yeah. So that's number one. Um, number two, what else is, uh, what yeah, else? Weather is, about? weather is by far the <laughs> biggest one. Uh, I mean, as we've seen mm-hmm. winter freezes, right? Like all the pipes busting, mm-hmm. like from yeah. hurricanes, like weather is number one. Two, I would say, is the is the taxes, as uh, as the, the property taxes. That was kind of eye opening mm-hmm. and shocking as we started uh, diving into to this market. Mm-hmm. It was much higher than anything that we were used to. I mean, yeah. tax rates can be upwards of three percent um, of a home's value, mm-hmm. and so that wow. drastically changes some of your numbers and stuff mm-hmm. when you're looking at that investment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That makes total sense. And then um, anything else? Parking, if you're looking in mm-hmm. Houston, parking is a necessary thing you need to look at. You need to make sure that, you know, there's lots of 
teeny tiny, you know, three story homes that would be great rental homes, but they're parkings on the street. And that mm-hmm. will really, it'll, it'll be very hard to get, you know, some renters in there that want to be able to drive into a driveway at night. So that, that is definitely something to look at specifically that is for, um, inside Houston. And it'd okay. be one other thing, especially as we're talking about short-term Airbnb is deed restrictions, community restrictions. And this isn't just for Houston and Galveston. This is across the the country. For instance, Fredericksburg, right? They have, uh, they're trying to pass like no short-term Airbnb. Now we're outside of the city. And so it doesn't really affect us, but this is what some of the other Airbnb owners are going through that they're having to fight legislation. Mm -hmm. They're having to register properties, um, which is additional expense, paying taxes and stuff, uh, additional taxes. So Based on the municipality, you have to look at some of these details and know what you're looking for to mm-hmm. make sure that uh, that it's, again, fitting your short-term and your long-term goal. Right. Yeah. But, Ariana, I thought you said that Texas loved tax exemptions. What's what's with the we bait and do, switch now? We do love tax exemptions. So you just got to find the right one that fits what you're looking All right. for. All right. All right. <laughs> Makes so sense. Brendan, Makes sense. In Fredericksburg, we have an agricultural exemption. Uh-huh. We have longhorns and donkeys and stuff on the property. And so literally our taxes are almost nil. There's wildlife tax exemptions. There, There's a lot of things. Mm-hmm. But again, this is where you have to do some research. Um, yeah. If the numbers work as status quo and now you start digging and it just elevates that return on investment, now we're, we're really into the money. Mm-hmm. So what you're saying is I need to go buy a property downtown Houston and get a couple of cattle for the backyard. <laughs> and I'll be like... <laughs> You, there are many places in Houston you will see. I mean, you will be right off I-10 and there will be building, 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 empty lot, cows on it, building, building, building. And the reason is because the builders, when they're going in there and they've bought the land, they put cows on the property in order to bypass the exemptions or I'm sorry, bypass the taxes and have an exemption until they're ready to build. So, um, oh my so they, gosh. Yeah. you can also do that with goats. You can also have bees. So <laughs> oh, that's wild. <laughs> yeah. And so they'll leave the, they leave the cows there. They get the exemption. The cows eat the grass. They chill for a couple months. And then when they're ready to build, they move their cows to the next place that they bought. So, oh yeah. my, what a trip. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> um, something I wanted to mention that you were, cause you were talking about flood insurance is yeah. I think it's so important for investors to be thinking about too, as we do start to see more and more storms, more aggressive storms, like flood zones change. And so yes. I think that's something that people need to be aware of. It's just because you're not in a flood zone today doesn't mean you won't be tomorrow or next year or whatever the case yeah. may be. Um, and so just be cognizant of that. If it's an investment that you might be selling at some point down the road, that's mm-hmm. a hurdle that any buyer who buys your investment property is going to have to deal with. So just mm-hmm. be thinking about that, putting it out there for whatever that's worth. Yep, that was that is very you're absolutely. Um after any major storm, if FEMA came out, they'll redo the flood maps. Yeah. And so you should get an update of that like from your agent or um you can always inquire about a property and ask and we'd be able to pull that really easily. Awesome. Um okay, I want to shift gears here really quick with the last few minutes with y'all and find out what it is that you're all doing with this 20-acre ranch in short-term rentals. That is freaking <laughs> awesome. Yes. Yeah. So it was uh, a COVID purchase, actually. (laughs) 
I had found the property. We had been looking all over. We just really wanted something. We didn't know where we wanted it. And um, we wanted it originally closer to us because we wanted to be able to manage it. Fredericksburg is about three and a half hours away from us. Okay. Uh, But then, and we had a certain budget in place. But then, you know, there I am wandering (laughs) the internet at night looking for whatever I'm looking for. And here comes this 20-acre property that shows up with this old... 1970s looking ranch style on it and it was double our budget and uh double the size we were looking for more than double the size really double the double uh, everything double everything everything. the the amount of time it takes to get there like and i was like no way no way yeah it really was exactly double everything because we're looking an hour and a half from us and this is three and a half hours from us and it's twice as big and it's twice as expensive and he's like i don't know and i was like this is it and i'm very intuitive you know totally. you just feel it some people just feel things i was like i don't know this is it i was like you got to find an extra four hundred thousand dollars he's like oh, start looking okay. at couch cushions so we found an extra four hundred thousand dollars so and yeah so we went we bought it um it was a single owner she uh well actually it was her and her husband but she owned the vineyard next door to it and she's like you know it was just too much and i have all this other land and so i just want to you know i really wanted to give it to somebody who would do something interesting with it. And so um, she had, you know, there's some people who wanted to go in there and do an RV park. There were some people who wanted to go in there and do, I don't know, some other, I don't even remember what it was, something else. Um, yeah. She didn't like them. She was like, no, this is, this is like my baby. And then we went in there and said, you know, we'd really like to short-term rental it. And then eventually, as we continue to grow, build tiny homes. That's my ultimate dream is I want to have a tiny home commune awesome. and I want to pe- for people to just like get off the grid and just detox and, you know, like just have some solitude. Um, and that's really important to us. And so uh, she was like, yeah, let's go for it. It was the longest escrow of our lives. Yeah. And it took appraisal I, issues. Uh, so like, I mean, it was all during uh, COVID. Yeah. So it was like things were, you know, Appraisals are taking forever and getting a 20 acre property appraised and surveyed. That's a whole is like, thing. Yeah. <laughs> it took a long time. Yeah. And, um, you know, we work in cities. So the whole ranch and uh, like the uh, dirt lots, what are they called? Uh, ranch, land and, land and ranch. Oh, farm and land. Farm and land. Thank you. I'm like, land, what is it? See, there's so much a city where I am. I don't do, I don't do farm and land. So uh, we had to bring somebody else from our company who does farm and land to come help us with our own deal because well, I didn't know about farm and land and septics. You know, I know city septics. I don't know about these septics yeah. in the middle of nowhere and the properties on a well. You know, there's, it's been fun um, and quite a learning experience yeah. uh, navigating all of this. But, um, we call we fully remodeled it yeah. like we took it down to the studs um remodeled everything because we bought it it was a 1600 square foot one bedroom one bath which is why it was still uh, on the market because there weren't a lot of families but we knew that that's not what we wanted it for so we converted the laundry room into a second bathroom and the living area into a second bedroom. So now we have a 1600 square foot, two bedroom, two bath, rents for four to $600 a night with a pool. And then it has a 600 square foot guest house that we fully remodeled as well, which rents for 150 to 250 Mm -hmm. a night. And then we've already purchased our first Airstream that we're rehabbing and Mm -hmm. we'll build a deck around it. And that will be our, our 
first additional unit oh, that we add on. So yeah. cool. And then we're talking yes, and we're talking to some people who want to do goat yoga in Fredericksburg and they want to hold their goats on our land. And so that's you know, where Larry and I are kind of hippies and so we love we're open to it we're like no oh, let's talk sure. let's let's do sure. it we can't use all of it all 20 acres right now yeah. so. oh, that's so cool um but really it's uh because it's outside the city it's got dark sky so it is incredible to be out there in the middle i mean it is dark out you can there. see the milky way actually running yeah, running it's through beautiful and um and we call it wild soul sanctuary love that so um we've just started doing some retreats out there and bringing in some people who do you know healing retreats on the weekends they'll rent it from us and you know it can sleep a, a good amount of people mm-hmm. and we're open to people like camping on our land and stuff so yeah i was gonna ask if you ever heard of hip camp yeah, so we haven't quite done. We've had people personally ask us if they can camp on our land, which we're open to, but we haven't quite. I haven't gotten into that yet. That's kind of next on our list to see, you know, how much of this we can rent out. Yeah, um, to camping. So and I what bet we a ton. <laughs> I bet a ton. I've been to some hip camps. They don't provide jack squat. I'm like, seriously, I'm paying whatever sixty bucks a night for like plastic Adirondack chairs and a dirt piece of lot to put my tent. Oh, whatever. Oh, wow. So there's definitely a market for it. Okay, well that definitely writing. You said hip camp. Hip camp. Yep. Hip camp. Okay. I knew yeah. there was a name for it, but you know, I'm also not much of a camper. I'm much more of a glamper. <laughs> She's more of that city. Like, there Listen. you go. Oh, look, I want to walk in the dirt, yeah. but I don't want to sleep in it. <laughs> yeah. I find, like, I do like, yeah, let me take my shoes off, but then, like, let me get into a shower. So, like, there you I'm, go. Well, you yeah, can set up glamping um, tents too. Well, that was a, a yurts are a possibility. Yeah, we've at we've yurts. Talked totally. at yurts. Yes, I think um, what I really want is like a one bedroom a frame. Like that's what I. That's like that's like mine, and no one's going to be allowed in it. It's just going to be for me. So that's so good. Oh, that's so good. Well, just the last question I have for you both um, is: How do you run your expense numbers? on short-term rentals. I think that's what throws a lot of investors for a loop. They hear like, holy crap, I can make nine grand a month. And then they're comparing Mm -hmm. that against their long-term rental expenses. And that doesn't always jive. So how should people be thinking about expenses? Yeah. So um, that is definitely, it, it is, the expenses are going to be increased, right? Because you have more turnover, you have cleaning crews, you have uh, maintenance, you have handyman, et cetera. And so we're we're paying about 10% a month for property management, but we take on a lot of the communication. There's other, like, it's not uncommon to see 20 or 30%, you know, property management fees. Mm, yeah. But they're also, they're renting, uh, they're renting it out. Yeah. They're handling the calls. They're doing everything. So it really depends. As our first one, we wanted to be kind of hands-on see how this worked and then evaluate like, do we want to manage this this much or do we want to outsource? Mm -hmm. And so that's where we're testing right now so we can give people feedback on our experience. Mm -hmm. Um, But I would say I would estimate 30, 35%. I think that you can get it down a lot lower than that. Okay. But I would estimate that. I'm a big fan of under promise over deliver. Yeah. And so if you estimate it 35% and it ends up at 25%, you're like bonus, Golden. right? Yeah. Um, uh, on that side. But uh, again, even if you take 
you know, $9,000, you know, if we just did $9,000 a month and you minus 35%, I mean, you're, that's still almost $6,000 a month. And right. now you got to start looking at occupancy rates and things like that. And now mm-hmm. seasonality comes into play. Like mm-hmm. after summertime, it will almost be like for three or four months, 100% occupied. And so those months will really make up for some of the slower months. Right now, it's pretty much every weekend, um, mm-hmm. like weekend warriors kind of getaways. But we haven't had anybody stay there during the week yet. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I guess it's it's really very much market specific around uh-huh. what your occupancy and then associated expenses are because those two are related. How much cleaning you're going to do, how much turnover you're going to have is a function of your, yes, your occupancy. Exactly. I would say Galveston, uh, you know, right now when you're looking at the school seasons and stuff like that, you won't see as many weekday rentals. Mm, um, okay. But, so that's that's one thing to kind of look at. Um, Christmas, uh, spring breaks, like Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. you start to get kind of the weekdays when people can travel with their families and stuff is what we've noticed so far. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that makes sense. Well, you two have been so generous with your time. Thank you so much again for hanging out with me and, and sharing all this wisdom. If people have more questions for you or want to get a hold of you, what's the best way for them to do that? You can email me at Ariana White Sells TX at gmail.com. Or you can also find me on Instagram at Ariana Sells Texas. And um, yeah, I'm more than happy to speak with anybody about the current market. So. And she's uh, like, she's licensed here in Texas, mm-hmm. runs the entire team. So she's the go-to for anything here. If, yep. if I can connect or just add value to people anywhere else across the country, I would say connect with me on any social media platform. Um, and my handle's the same on all of them, at Larry MF White. Mm-hmm. This is why I'm Jay-Z and he's Beyonce. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so good, you two. Well, thank you again. And I can't wait to see where this ranch takes you both. Yes. Yeah. We'd love to have you out someday. Yeah. Come visit. Come come down. Come come fly into Austin or San Antonio and come out to the ranch. Let us know. We'll do some wine tours. We'll have a good time. Do some goat yoga. Careful what you wish for. Yes, um, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Thank you, too. Take awesome. care and enjoy the, the new you. year. Thank you. Thank you so much. Have a great Bye. day, guys. Alrighty, everyone. That was our episode. A big, big, big thank you to Larry and Ariana. It was so much fun having them on. Uh, we chit-chatted after the show, after we finished recording here, and they are hilarious if you didn't already catch that from the show. Definitely a market worth checking out, Houston and Galveston, both for short and long-term rentals. Exciting stuff. As always, if you like the episode, feel free to leave us a rating or review wherever it is you listen to your episodes. And as always, we look forward to seeing you in the next one. Happy investing.